welcome to our channel as you take time to listen to god's word today with us we believe and pray that your faith will be strengthened up each day and we hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family let's go to luke chapter 24 from verse 36 to 43 if you got your bible with you Go to Luke chapter 24, verse 36 to 43. If you don't have your Bibles with you, the Bible will come on the screen. Don't try to take the screen away after church because you don't have a Bible. We have free Bibles, New Testaments, we have hundreds of them. You can take them. You can distribute them. You can put them in trains, hotels that you stay, college hostels. If you're late and your hostel warden asks, why are you late? You can tell them, I went to get New Testaments and give them five New Testaments and tell them to distribute it to the students. Whatever saves you. <laughs> May the word of the Lord save you. All right. Try to use, spread the word of God wherever you go. If you've got Luke 24, 36 in your Bible, say a loud amen. Awesome. Can we read it together? For the sake of reading together, let's all read from our screen. Is that okay? But have your Bibles open. Don't close it. For the sake of reading together, let's read from our screen. And those who are online, you can also read it together okay can we have the verse on on church online as well ready three two one go just as they were telling about it jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them peace be with you he said but the whole group was startled and frightened thinking they were seeing a ghost why are you frightened he asked why are your hearts filled with doubt Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost. Because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. They gave him, a, oh, there are some verses that are missing. And as he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Okay, and then they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. I find that verse 42 and 43 really intriguing. You know, Jesus, this, is, this passage is post-resurrection. After Jesus died, all the apostles and disciples and they are all gathered in a room and they just don't know what is next because there is a lot of chaos happening in the city. Because of Jesus' death, there is a lot of riots and they're trying to find all the followers and disciples of Jesus and make sure that they don't you know, cause any riot. The government is hunting them down and... You know, putting them in prison, arresting them and putting them in prison. And in this situation, they are all, you know, trying to stay together. And they felt it is better 
It is better together. So this was like the first life group they had after Jesus died and after Jesus rose again. And, and they are all trying to be together, trying to stay strong. There is a lot of fear among them because, you know, uh, of what is happening out there. So they kept their doors very, you know, closed. They locked it, kept it tight. And they are having some sort of discussions among them. And as they were talking about it, it says in verse 36, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them and he says, peace be with you. Now this is not something that they have experienced when Jesus was alive before where he just disappears and appears. They did not experience teleportation of Jesus, uh, you know, just appearing and disappearing. This is very new. So they are all startled. They are all shocked. They are all kind of, what is going on? Is this really Jesus? So Jesus, you know, after having a lot of conversation, and then at the end he says, you know, uh, do you have anything here to eat? The first thing he asks, coming to the life group, he asks for, now this is why, we believe that it is biblical to say meeting without eating is cheating. If you want a biblical interpretation of that statement of faith that we have, you can go to this passage. Post-resurrection, Jesus comes and then he asks, do you have something to eat? Now to all the vegetarians, I have bad news for you. All these postmodern vegans, I have bad news for you as well. And they gave him broiled fish, non-veg. And here's the intriguing part. <laughs> and he ate it as they watched. I just love reading the Bible with some imagination. You know, the reason is, they're still thinking it's a ghost among us eating our fish and they're just watching. Should we join in this meal or not? They're just all standing there watching resurrected Jesus eating fish with them again. After resurrection, in his resurrected body, and they're all watching. They are seeing that there is some sort of restoration happening. And it's, they, it's not the first time they're watching Jesus eat fish. I mean, they have seen Jesus multiply fish. They've had many meals with Jesus. They've had many dinners with Jesus. This is not the first time they're seeing Jesus eating. But this time there is something different because the presence in that room is not the Jesus who was born in Bethlehem. This time the Jesus that is eating fish is the one who died and rose again. Stay with me. Is the one who died? This is not a man who was supposed to be in that room. Naturally. Naturally. 
But here is a supernatural God after a supernatural event acting normal. Eating fish with them. Eating fish with them. It is one thing to have faith in our lives. Where you are able to trust God by seeing God. And you have faith by trusting Him and seeing Him. And then many times we see as faith that is unseen. Now for us as believers, we did not live in the times of Jesus. So we did not see Jesus. We did not see Him die. We did not see Him rise again. We did not experience Jesus like the apostles and the disciples did like the people in the Bible did. We did not have that experience, but we yet, we believe. How many of you believe? We believe, right? We have not seen it, but we believe it. We have faith on the things that we have not seen. But we have greater faith than them because we experience God in a different level. And by faith, we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. By faith, we believe that Jesus died and he rose again. By faith, we see and we hear that Jesus Christ is the only God. By faith, he can lead us, he can restore us. By faith, by faith, by faith. But many times, we run out of faith because we feel like we can't experience him. We feel like he is not real sometimes. We feel like, why did God allow this? Why did he let me go through this? And because of those temptations, because of those circumstances, because of those suffering, we go through this season that I have faith, but my feelings are taking over my faith. And we don't experience faith in our life. This morning... I want to talk to you on this title, Tangible Faith. Everybody say it out loud. Tangible Faith. Tangible Faith. Tangible is something that you can touch and feel. Can your faith be something that you can touch and experience? Can your faith not be just in the unseen, but what is on the unseen, can it come to its reality? Can it come to its real form? Now you see, when Jesus was with the disciples before he died, he did not keep it as a secret that he's going to rise again on the third day. He kept saying in many forms, to the disciples and to the people around that this body will die but he will rise again on the third day. Now we don't know clearly exactly from the account of the gospels that how many of them had faith that he will come back. But when Jesus suddenly appeared in that room, they had maybe 50% faith that Jesus is not gone and that he would come back. And the other 50 person was like, oh, but my feeling, you know, how could they kill Jesus? I saw him shed blood. I saw how horrible it was. How could they do to him? So probably 50% of, of emotions was among the disciples. 
Maybe they were angry. Maybe they were depressed. Maybe they were worried. Maybe they had questions. Maybe they were thinking, why did Jesus leave us? What will we do next? We had a great three and a half years. But what will we do? What will we do? So their faith was a little on the racket. They were a little startled. In the midst of this, Jesus is appearing and he's saying, peace be with you. And the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. And God looks at him, looks at all of them. Jesus looks at all of them and asks, why are you scared? I just feel like that's just a crazy question to ask from a human point of view. For somebody who witnessed the horrendous death on the cross of Jesus Christ and then taking his body and putting him in the burial, bur buried him and putting him in the tomb and then he comes and appears among them and ask this question, why are you scared? What are you scared about? What are you scared about? And many of us, we feel this way when God puts us through a lot of unknown situations. God puts us through uh, situations where you are completely frightened, where you feel alone. And then all of a sudden you see God appearing into that situation and asking you this question, hey, hey, why are you scared? And you're like, seriously? You left me and went. Now you come. I kept asking, where, are, where, is, our, where is your presence? I can't feel you. At that time and all, you didn't come. Three years later, you have come in a supernatural way. And now you're asking, why am I scared? Are you for real? That's our human perspective. And, and he asked this question. And he asks, why are your hearts filled with doubt? And he says, look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it is really me. In other words, hey, where is your faith? Can you place, there are times when you place your faith on the things that are not seen. But now, God is bringing the disciples to a new dimension. Stay with me everybody tap the person next to you, punch them and tell them, get ready for a new dimension in your life. If the person next to you, if you don't know them, don't punch them hard, they might punch you back. Just gently. Did you tell them, God is about to take you into a new dimension? Did you tell them? Can you, can you say that again? God is about to. Don't sit on your own. Find somebody. Jerome, why don't you join my friend here? There's a person here. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't talk to an empty chair. We will be worried and we will pray for you at the end of the service. Somebody sit next to someone. Join, join them. He's, he's sitting on his own. All right. Now tell them again. God is about to take you to a new dimension. Now, now everybody look at me. Enough talking. Thank you. What hap what's happening in this passage is that Jesus is appearing after resurrection. 
And he's coming in his new form. Same man. But he's a post-resurrected Christ. They did not expect this to happen. Even though they had a little bit of faith for it to happen. You, like you, how we pray for rain. And then your children will say, Ma, we are praying for rain. Take the umbrella. Hey, just come. We just prayed for rain. It's like that. Right? You're praying for something to happen. But part of you also believes that it won't happen. But the praying part believes that you want it to happen. And that 50% even God answers and He makes it happen. And then you are scared that it happened. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Right? Now, this is the same situation. And God is saying, Jesus is saying, why is your heart filled with doubt? When God gives you a breakthrough, many of us are not able to experience the breakthrough because you don't realize that you're in a breakthrough. Why everything is getting better in my life? Something is wrong. Where are my problems? Hey, where are you people? Where are my troubles? Why is everything getting better? But then your prayer is, Lord, make my life. And then supernaturally God does something and you're scared and you're confused. You have doubt because you are not able to see the ways of God. You think the ways of God is mysterious. But Jesus says the ways of the Lord is mysterious to the ones who does not have faith. But to the ones who have faith, it is not a mystery. Because it is clearly written by his stripes you are healed. If it is written you shall be healed. Don't act surprised when you are healed. I believe the word is getting into you. Don't act surprised when God turns up. Don't act surprised when things are getting better. For His glory and for His kingdom and for His sake. Maybe not in the way that you expected. But in the way that He wanted it to be. But don't get surprised when God answers your prayers. And He says, look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. And I love this part. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost. This is where your faith becomes tangible. This is where your faith becomes a substance. A substance of the things that you cannot see. You cannot see what, how God operates, but you can touch and make sure that it is God. Stay with me. You can touch and make sure that it is God. Touch me and make sure that it is not a ghost. You see, people in that room, when Jesus turned up, they immediately, when the breakthrough came, they immediately went into a misconception and a wrong idea. They did not accept Jesus as a miracle, as a living miracle. Rather, they saw him as a, a ghost. A ghost. A ghost. 
Many people, when God turns up in your life and He brings the breakthrough in your life, and maybe the breakthrough is not in the way that you expected it to be. You knocked at a particular door, but your breakthrough did not come through that door. It came through another door. And you don't see it that it is God because it is not in the same shape and form that you wanted it to be. And you call it the ghost. You call it... The ghost represents something that you can't touch. Something that you can't feel. Something that you won't go near. Something that you won't accept. Something that you stay far from. Because you did not expect that to happen. You wanted a tall man. Six feet. But God gave you a cute man. With 5.7. My wife is clapping. She just accepted that I am cute. <laughs> but don't stay away from the 5.7 man if he is called by God, anointed by God, and he's going to take you in the divine destination, but you're still stuck with your six feet. And many people go into marriage with the 5.7 expecting that he will grow after your cooking into six feet. Not going to happen. Uh, uh not going to happen. You, uh, you go into a spiritual dimension with God expecting the ghost to convert into something real. When God is saying, what I have opened for you is real, touch it and make sure that it is God. What God is doing in your life, if you can have faith, and if you can know that it is God, you can touch it, you can experience God, and you will know that God is at work. There are things that God has given into your life, has allowed into your life, which is a privilege. You did not even pray for it, but God made it happen. God has opened some doors in your life that you are experiencing right now. He has set a table before your enemies. Your cup is overflowing and you did not even expect those things to happen in your life. But God made it happen. Every day when you touch the food, know that my God is real. Every day when you wake up in the morning and you yawn, know that God is real. Every day when you're able to walk the way that you walked the day before, know that God is real. Because because your life is a living miracle because God touched you. Because He healed you. Because He made you alive. Your faith is a tangible one. When you know that the one who gave you faith is living on the inside. Is living on the inside. Many of us don't understand that God's best is yet to come. God's best is yet to come. You have not seen the best of your life yet. The disciples probably sat together and had a discussion. Hey man, do you remember the time how, how he healed the leper? Do you, do you remember the time how he spat on a blind man and said be healed? Dude man, Jesus is crazy, huh? Do you remember the time we were sitting with 
over 5,000 people and maybe 10,000 even with children. And we had a little bit of food and he told us to sit them down for lunch. And we went with that little food and he multiplied and he fed every single person. Remember those times? And, and they're talking about all these great miracles. But they have never seen Jesus walk through the walls. They have never seen Jesus come into a room that they have closed so tight. That they have locked up so tight. They have never seen Jesus appear. And it was a new dimension of Jesus. They have never seen it. They have never seen it. They saw him walking on water. And even then they thought that he was a ghost. Anything that was unknown made them feel like it was a ghost. And again when he appeared into their room that was locked, they thought that he was a ghost. They experienced a new dimension. A new dimension. Many of you sitting here, you have locked some doors really tight. Really, you have shut it hard so that nobody will know the depths of the truths of your life, what you have gone through in the past or what you are going through in the present because you don't trust anybody with it. And you are thinking that if you can shut that door, nobody can walk in. And Jesus said, I will stand at the door and I will knock. Anybody who opens, I will come in. Yes, that is one dimension. And there is another dimension of God where he appears through the locked doors. He appears through the locked doors. He will turn up into your situation. Even when you have you know, shut it so tight. Thinking that nobody can ever heal you. Nobody can ever restore you. I don't want anybody to intervene in this. I'm going to just keep this within myself. And I will not share it. And God turns up in the middle of it. Right in the middle of it. And he says, peace be with you. And all I need to tell you is, don't ghost him. Don't ghost him. Don't walk away. When he turns up into your locked room, many times you get so scared. What if God really touches my past? What if he really restores me? Many of you are scared about that. What if he really starts working in my life? I, it's, it will be painful. And many of you are scared of that. And you run out of that room. You run out of that situation. And God is like, I have turned up. You touch me and you make sure that it is me. And when you make sure that it is God, you will know that he will work in your life in such a beautiful way that no man can restore you. No woman can restore you. No prophet, no pastor can restore you the way God works in your life. The way God works in your life. It's a new dimension. It's a new dimension. 
God's best is yet to come. And many of us are unable to experience God's best in our life. You know why? Because of your spiritual complacency. Because of your spiritual laziness. Because of, of your blindness in your life. Revelation chapter 3 verse 15 to 17 it says, I know all the things that you do. That you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like the lukewarm water, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich. You say I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. But you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Don't you ever say in your spiritual life, Oh, I have seen everything that God can do. Don't you ever say that. What is new going to happen? I know the ways that God works. I know I've been to as many gospel meetings as I can. I've, I've heard so many sermons. I've been to many churches. I've prayed so many prayers. I have sung as many worship songs. I have given. I have done this. I have done that. Don't you ever box God in your life by your doing. By your doing. Because you will not experience God in a new dimension when you know what God is all about. But there is a new dimension that God has. Many people are, are in complacency. Many people are in spiritual laziness because you are stuck with your feelings, you're stuck with your problems, you're stuck with your emotions, you're stuck with this question, what could it be? You're stuck with your what if, you're stuck with why did God do this, you're stuck with your failures, you're stuck with your past, and you're stuck, you're stuck, you're stuck. Whereas God is calling you to touch and experience the tangible presence of God. God has turned up in your life. But he has not turned up the way you wanted him to turn up. He's turned up the place at the right place at the right time where he has planned it to be. You probably wanted him in your 20s. But your breakthrough came in your 30s. That's okay. Reach out to him. Because there is a purpose why he delayed. There is a purpose why he allowed you to go through certain things in your life and experience certain things in your life because God wanted you to feel that experiences. He wanted you to go through that experiences. But God's presence in your life is not like a ghost that you cannot touch. His presence is real. And it's a tangible presence of God. And when you touch the tangible presence of God in your life, your faith becomes tangible your faith becomes real and you will realize that everything around you is a miracle in motion it's a miracle in motion every small things it's a miracle in motion every big things is a miracle in motion your faith can be real you know, my prayer is that Revelation chapter 3 verse 15 to 17 will not be the case of our church. We should not 
neither be hard neither be cold we should not have a complacent life we should not be a lukewarm christian where god wants to spit us out that's that's not what we should be or that's not what we are called to be don't ever say that i know everything i have everything spiritually there is nothing more oh you have not even tapped one person of what god can do in your life there is more coming there is so much more god's best is yet to come in your life even until the point of your death you got to have a faith that god's best is yet to come in my life there is always new dimensions of god and your prayer should be god show me your best today something that i have not seen something that i have not experienced can that be your prayer can that be your prayer because if you say i know everything you are a wretched man you are somebody who is miserable and poor and blind and naked spiritually and you are thinking that you are going in one direction but you are not going in the direction that god wants you to go can you be in sync with what god is doing i want to remind you anything that god has done before he can do it again if he healed the blind 2000 years ago he can heal the blind today if he has healed the deaf man 2000 years ago he can heal the deaf if he has healed and resurrected somebody he can do it again and can i say something and this might you know strike you but anything that god has done anywhere else he can do it here as well if anything that god has done anywhere else he can do it here as well i pray every day god may revival come to the city of trichy and you do it here from this place lord lord we are at the center of this city and you have strategically placed us here god thousands and thousands of people came to you lord and there was no place when you were standing to preach and we want to see that happen here where people will be crowded people will be standing in queues to get in so that they can experience the power and the supernatural presence of god here i pray that people will come with wheelchairs and walk back i pray that people will come in stretchers and walk back we will donate the wheelchairs and stretchers to gh later and more people can come here again we want to see people come with brokenness and walk back with healing we want to see every single young person here and and the adults and the elderly to move in the supernatural that during the week when you pray when you travel in a taxi when you go to work when you stop by a lame man a blind man a homeless and you stretch out your hands and you pray healing happens healing happens and you bring that person to pre service breakfast and you ring that bell i want to see a sunday where we are just ringing the bell because there is so many testimonies that we just can't stop testifying 
we want to see breakthroughs, miracles, open doors happen. Anything that He has done it before, God can do it again. Anything that He has done anywhere else, God can do it here. He can do it now. Know that this life that you are living is a miracle in motion. I sincerely believe with all my heart, King City Church is a miracle in motion. Every morning that I come, Monday mornings I come here and there's nobody here because everybody is on holiday. All my staff, they're on day off on holiday. And they're probably enjoying a little bit of extra sleep or, or you know, recovering from Sunday. <laughs> Whatever that they're doing on Mondays. You know, and I get to come here into this quiet building. And I walk through these doors and I touch these walls. And I say, thank you, Jesus, because this is a miracle in motion. This is a miracle in motion. We came into this building for just 10,000 rupees rent. Just 10,000 rupees rent. And today we are paying seven times more. And that's a miracle in motion. And this is not to boast how much we spend. This is to boast that God is expanding our territories because His presence is here. Every time I touch anything that God has given, I never spent for this. I never spent for this. Mondays I pray for all my staff and I put my finger on, on the names that I have in my iPad and I pray for them. Some people I press it down because they need more of God. And every time I pray, I say, God, this person is a miracle in motion. When I pray for all the members of our church, I put all my hands on families. And I pray for them, God, this family is a miracle in motion. We did not earn them. You brought them. This church is a miracle in motion. This ministry is a miracle in motion. The reason I say it's a miracle in motion because this is a move of God. If you want to experience faith in a tangible way, when you wake up, put your hand on yourself and say, man, my faith cannot become more real than myself. Because the one who is in me is greater than the one who is there in the world. You have a bike, touch it and thank God. You did not pay for it. Hey, my wallet only, pastor. I show you my bank statement. I paid for it. No, you didn't. You did not earn it. You did not build your house. You did not build your house. You did not have anything that, that, the, that the material things that you have. Don't you ever have this understanding thinking that, that it, you did it. It is the Lord. It is the doing of the Lord. Because He gave you life and He did not unplug you. 
because you are staying plugged into his oxygen supply and into his supernatural life. This morning, Kathy beautifully said, every time I see the rainbow, I see the miracle of God and it, and it enhances my faith. That's miracle in motion. That's tangible faith. Anything that you see around you, things that you have no control over, who is in charge? God is in charge. That's tangible faith. That's tangible faith. You don't wake up every morning thinking that, is my heart pumping? I hope my heart is there. You just have faith that it's there. You just know because you woke up and you believe that everything is in place. But we take the smallest of things for granted because that's tangible. Touch and see that God is real in your life. Anything materially that He has given, it is because of His move in your life. And God can reveal Himself in a greater dimension in your life when you start accepting tangible faith. But pastor, this is where I struggle. My mommy, she was a woman who represented faith in my life. And God took her away from me. My daddy, my close friend, they represented faith in my life. And they are gone. And your faith that used to be tangible has become non-existent. But let me tell you something. If you believe that Jesus Christ is a risen Savior, you should believe everything that He said. And what He has said is that I am going because I am preparing something for you. I am going to the house of my father. And I am preparing something. Where you will come and dwell and have fellowship. And anybody who has taken, who has been taken from us physically. Is now in the presence of God. Where they are experiencing God tangibly. And they have become an they have become a, a relationship with you, even though you don't have a real tangible relationship with them because they are non-existent physically, and they have gone to be with the Lord. But that is okay because now spiritually you have a greater connection with God because your loved ones are also in the presence of God. And what you need to do is to appreciate God more and love Him more and worship Him more because one day we will also be with Him. It is not something that you have to let go of your faith. It is something where you need to hold on to God more because your faith is not on the ones who lived in front of you. Your faith is on the God who is leading you. Don't place your faith on the faith of your father and your mother. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother. 
but have your faith in the one who gave you that father and mother have faith on the one who called you by your name have faith on the one who knows you by your name even before you were created that is why he's a god who was he's a god who is and he's a god who is to come your faith can become real and tangible when you believe on the one who created you and the one who created you is existing and alive with you today and now and any situation that you have locked up so tight he has turned up there and he's talking to you my daughter i'm here let's work on this don't run away don't run away he's saying my son i am here i'm going to open a new door it might look uncertain it might look scary but touch me and make sure that i am your god the one who has led you so far is able to lead you now that's why in the old testament god keeps reminding that he's a god of abraham god of isaac and god of jacob he's a god of generations he will not sleep nor slumber he will work today he has worked yesterday and he will work forever in your life even when you don't see it even when you don't feel it your faith can experience your god because your faith is real when you know that god is real can you stand on your feet i don't know with what mindset you came this morning god is preparing you to experience god's best you have not yet seen god's best god's best is coming your way it's coming your way get ready get ready get ready get ready you know david says i speak to my soul i speak to my soul so can we all talk to our soul this morning can you speak to your soul this morning can you say my soul okay let's try that again my soul let's try that again my soul my soul get ready get ready for god's best because you have not seen anything the best is yet to come the best is yet to come god's best in your life is yet to come in jesus name i promise you that church as a church we are going to see god's best there are divine appointments coming into your life i want to prophesy over your life church there's divine appointments that god is bringing over your life there are divine connections that god is bringing into your life god is going to bring divine favors god is going to bring divine relationships god is going to bring divine breakthroughs that you have not seen that you have not seen before and god is going to do something amazing 
God's best is yet to come in your business. God's best is yet to come in your finances. God's best is yet to come in your career. God's best is yet to come in your marriage. God's best is yet to come in your singleness. God's best is yet to come in your youth, in your teen life, in every season that you're in. God's best is yet to come. Your best music is yet to come. Your best voice, your best songs is yet to come. Your best skills are yet to come. Your best gifts are yet to manifest in your life. God is going to take you from greater heights into God's glory. All you need to do is God, make my faith real. Make my faith real, God. I want to touch. I want to feel you. I want to experience you. I want to have a tangible faith in my life every day. Not some sort of cloudy, doubted faith, but a tangible one. But a tangible one. But a tangible one. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to our sermon. We hope that this sermon was a blessing for you as well as your family. If you would like to support our ministry, you can do so by visiting kingcitychurch.org forward slash give. And we will meet you next week with another inspiring sermon. God bless you.